I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 239 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads. Earlier this week, I brought you my interview with UFC Hall of Famer Tito Ortiz. And today, we're going to turn our attention from the cage to the ring because I have a former middleweight boxing champion who finished his career with a record of 40 wins with only two defeats. Kelly Pavlik will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. Tomorrow on the podcast will be a Frogman Friday edition with former Navy SEAL and candidate for U.S. Senate in Virginia, Scott Taylor. And you guys know just how much I enjoy speaking with the Navy SEALs, and you must like hearing them as well because my Frogman Friday episodes really crush the download numbers. In fact, last week's interview with retired Navy SEAL Master Chief Jason Gardner was my most downloaded episode of the week, and that was a week during which I had some real heavy hitters on the show, like WWE superstar Titus O'Neil, Super Bowl-winning quarterback Trent Dilfer, and New York Times best-selling author Sean Parnell. So I'm really happy to see that you guys enjoy the Navy SEAL interviews as much as I enjoy bringing them to you, and I will have another one coming at you next week. Be sure you follow me on Instagram, at Alec underscore Lace, for all the upcoming guest announcements. And if you did miss any of those episodes from last week, be sure you go over there, download them, and check them out. All right, and it is flu shot season, and yesterday we brought our two little ones to get their flu shots, and my daughter is just amazing. She was actually looking forward to the shot, and she was generally excited about getting it. My eight-year-old, not so much. And to be honest, I dropped the ball a little bit with his reaction to being scared of getting the shot, especially because he just watched how easily his little sister did it. I should have brought them into the room separately to get the shots and paid more attention to his feelings about being scared of it, instead of making a few unnecessary comments, which I did, that didn't help the situation. Uh, So I definitely learned a lesson, and I could have definitely been a much better dad yesterday. All right, so don't forget that this month I'm being brought to you by Manscaped. Head over to manscaped.com, use the promo code FATHER to save 20% off their products and get free shipping. Find out why the Sharks over at Shark Tank invested half a million dollars in the company. So let's go, dads. Make sure you are telling every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with former middleweight world champion Kelly Pavlik. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, First Class Fatherhood is being brought to you today by Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They sent me their lawnmower 2.0, and I wish they had something like this years ago. I can't tell you how many times I've nicked my nuggets in the shower while shaving, and you definitely don't want to be using the same razor on your face that you're using down there on the two amigos. The lawnmower 2.0 is an electric trimmer with skin-safe technology. It's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. So let's go, dads. Right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners are getting 20% off their entire order, plus free shipping by using the promo code FATHER. Go to manscaped.com, enter the promo code FATHER at the checkout, save 20% off, and get free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code FATHER. FATHER. 
All right, joining me now is a first-class father. He is the former WBC, WBO, Ring Magazine, and lineal middleweight champion of the world. His two fights against Jermaine Taylor are two classics, the first of which was named Fight of the Year by Boxing Writers Association of America. He is the pride of Youngstown, Ohio, and it is so cool for me to say, Kelly Pavlik, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Uh, let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I got two kids, and my daughter is the oldest. She's 13, and my son is 10. Okay, yeah, very cool. What type of uh, sports or activities are they into? You know what? Um, with my kids, they, right now my daughter, she's in, uh, she got tap, hip-hop, I think classical, dance. So she, she's involved in all that. Um, my son, she played baseball and tried other sports, <clears throat> gymnastics. Um, my son, he's, you know, off and on playing what he wants, but now, you know, we got him doing jiu-jitsu. I think um, soon he's going to get into the wrestling. Um, I play around a little bit with the boxing with him, although I really don't want him boxing. Um, so that that's kind of like where we're at. Uh, you know, I kind of let them choose what they want to do, so... Yeah, very cool. All right, Kelly, please, if you could, just take one minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Oh, let's know what I do. I was a former, or what I've done, um, I was a former middleweight world champion, um, you know, three-time middleweight world champion, and, uh, you know, so that was pretty much pretty much it on that. And now, you know, I'm into, I own two gyms. Um, I have a podcast show. I do uh, also, right now I'm in the process of doing an all-sports combine challenge from 5th grade to 12th grade, doing we're going to be running that throughout the country. So I'm involved right now in a, in a lot of things. we got an app, got an app coming out, the Sweet Science Plus, which will be boxing, learning, you know, learning the fundamentals of boxing from former world champion, and uh, they, my partner is uh, a former world uh, title challenger, and Billy Lau, and he has a gym down in Naples, Florida, and it also have a diet plan, nutrition plan, and uh, recipes. So, Okay, yeah, a lot going that. on there. How did the, Kelly, how did the experience of becoming, how old were you when you first became a father, and how did the experience of becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Oh, you know, I, I was 24 when we had our uh, daughter, and it's really, I mean, I'm sure other parents, they, they know, but if somebody didn't know, it, it, it's, um, it changes the world and, and your world in big time, and what's funny about it was, you know, when I, I turned pro in 2000, so that was six years before I had my daughter, and before my wife, you know, <laughs> had my daughter, and, and we had it. Um, the boxing was kind of like, you know, yeah, I want to be a world champion, and, and um, you know, I want the fortune and everything else. And that's what kind of like the goal was. And it was more so about me at that point. Of course, you know, my parents and their family and, and things like that what was involved. But for the most part, like, I didn't have that much fear. I didn't, I don't know if it was maybe because I was 18, 19, 20. But it was just kind of like I knew what I wanted, and it was more for me, though. And then, you know, um, when my wife got pregnant, then it was, um, 
okay, well, you know, you know she's pregnant, and you know things are, you kind of know things are going to change a little bit, and but you're still not grasping it, you know, because it's my first child, and and um, I'm not really understanding what's going on. But the moment my daughter was born, it was crazy. It was like the whole the whole aspect of my career changed in the outlook and the way I went about the career. You know, a lot of things came into play. At 24, still, you know, a young, young man. And, but now I know, like, help. And, and um, you know, and, and to win a world title and make the money so that my kids could have the best future as possible is a big goal. So it wasn't so much about me making it as much as it was to make sure they had, my, you know, my kids had it. And, again, like I said, my health was a big issue. Now I worried about the health before my daughter. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm young, and that is going to happen to me. And if it does, oh, well. But after you have your kids, you know, that's the whole thing just changes big time. So, I mean, it's a, it was a big game changer. And, and, of course, the worrying, you know, it still remains just about everything, you know, with, with uh, what they're doing from academics to uh, social life to being out to being around the house, you know, it's constant um making sure they're doing the right thing. Yeah, very well said. And did, did becoming a dad, did that influence your decision to, to retire from boxing? Absolutely. You know, um, there was always things on professional fighters when they retire, um, you know, some you know, they retire too soon. You know, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't in boxing. Um, if you retire too early, it's because you had problems and issues and this and that. And then if you go too long, and you, you know, get head trauma and everything else. Well, now you're you're punchy and everything else. So it was hard, but yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, I knew I wanted to retire after I won the world title. I was kind of counting down to retirement, as were a lot of other fighters would be looking for the next fight. And I was fortunate with my father and mom and and family um, that they were you know close with me and made sure that everything I made was put away and I was doing the right things with it. And uh, my retirement, yeah, it, that was a big factor. I mean, to me, it was like, what good is the money and, and, and having the, the belts and everything else that I won if I'm not going to be able to really share them and enjoy them 20 years, 30 years down the line? And that, that played a big role in my me wanting to retire, you know. I um, First of all, I, I was done with it. Um, I lost it a little bit in the heart to do the sport. And everybody knows in boxing, when you lose it, it's a dangerous hobby to have. Um, that was the first thing that, of course, you yeah, had my kid. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 you've had an incredible career. Do, do your children, have they rewatched uh, some of your fights, and, and are they fight fans? Yeah, my daughter has. She's kind of, you know, um, she's a little lady, so... She, you know, she watched a little bit of it, but it didn't get her attention. Um, she, she didn't follow it much. She knows of everything that I've done. Uh, my son now, um, he kind of gets those little spurts where he goes through little spurts where he wants to watch me fight and watch some of my old fights that'll go on YouTube and, and put them on. So he knows, and he, and he's always got questions. You know, he asks about it, but. Uh, for the most part, yeah, they they know of the career. Um, none of them seen a fight live. You know, at the time they were still really young, and I retired in 2012. So you know, we didn't take them to any of the fights or bring them around that. You know, 
my big uh, take on it is, especially like even with social media, my kids, I, I don't think they should have social media. They're still young, um, 13. Whoever they're chatting with or they want to talk to, they can call on the phone or see in school or, you know, whatever else. Um, so I, I don't put them out there. And I, I didn't want to, especially like my daughter, she was six when I retired. And, you know, that's, that's young to be out of fight. And I don't think that was, in my opinion, how I, how I felt that she should be there. So they didn't get to see a live fight, but now they, they watch some of the film. Yeah, it's amazing what we have access now to just walking around the town. We can watch uh, fights from years ago. It's incredible the technology that we have available. Uh, and and many kids are now, they have an interest in uh, MMA or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu just because of the popularity of the UFC. Um, but what, in your opinion, is a good age for, for a kid to start actually striking? You know, with everything we know now, obviously with CTE and all that stuff, what do you think is a good age uh, for kids to really start getting involved? Oh, you know, that's a good question, and, and that's a touchy. Um, I, I'm not a neurologist, uh, so I kind of don't know the exact effects of it. I know at, at a young age, you're, most of your kids are not hitting that hard, but also, you know, times are changing, too. I mean, kids are bigger, stronger, and faster. Um, to be a really good striker, especially in boxing, you know, because the UFC world is totally different. I got a lot of friends that do UFC, but I know it sounds crazy. UFC is a lot safer than boxing, though. Um, reason being is when you get hurt in the UFC, they stop the fight right away. And rightfully so. I mean, you know, guys can come down with a knee, an elbow, or whatever to uh, hit you. But in boxing, if you get knocked down, you get your brain scrambled, you got 10 seconds to beat the count. And then if you make that and the referee thinks you're okay, you could go on getting punched in the head for another 20 minutes and maybe get dropped again and get up and still be able to continue. Um, and that's the danger part of, of boxing. At a young age, I'm not a big fan of it, which is the reason my son, you know, and, and I know it's kind of like going both ways on this because I'm going to be training fighters and young kids. And if that's their, their choice, what they want to do, then, um, you know, that's good because boxing does help too. It does get kids off, off the street. It does give them some structure and discipline in life. But, you know, I know I know that with my son, I don't want that. And nine years old, yeah, that's a little young. And, and even like with football, for these kids that are playing tackle, it, yeah, it's a young age. And, and over the years, you know, if I accumulate. But also, the bad part about it is, though, that's also the best time that boxing and striking to put a kid in, too, because that's how you learn. That's how they get sharp. That's how they get the experience. And... So it's kind of hard. I mean, it's a, a hard thing for me to really give my opinion on because, again, I, I feel that it could be dangerous. And at the same time, I'm going to be training kids, though. So, you know, so I, I don't know on that. I mean, I guess it comes down to the individual, the trainer, how many times they sport a kid and, and how many fights he has at a young age. So... Yeah, and I know, I mean, it's definitely, um, uh, you just mentioned the football there. That's definitely a struggle for a lot of dads out here with kids that, that, that are begging to play, you know, contact football, especially in grade school. And um, I'm with you there. I, I think it should be at least in high school uh, for the contact just because of the uh, the amount of hits that they take. And, uh, you know, with some of the stuff that they have out there, it gets, gets kind of scary now that we know some of the results of it. I agree. You know, I think a good thing now that they got is that black football, 
you know, these kids could get out there and, you know, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> learn the basics of, of the sport without taking the, the trauma to the head and even the pounding on the body, you know, um, just in general. And then I, I think maybe even seventh and eighth grade now, maybe due to tackling so they can be prepared going into high school. But, you know, some of these kids start at six years old and, and up to 12 and they play peewee football and they're tackling and getting hit. And there's, you know, with 60 pounds or 70 pounds or 80 pounds with a helmet running full speed and another kid 80 pounds and 90 pounds hitting the head, you know, that's enough for enough for some damage. Yeah, definitely. Um uh, all right. Well, Kelly, what type of disciplinarian are you as a father? How do you kind of handle discipline as a dad? You know what? It's kind of funny um, that you bring it up. Being a former world champion boxer. Um... All right, dads. The NFL season is now upon us, and the Major League Baseball season is winding down. There is no better time to take your kids to the ball game, and First Class Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets on SeatGeek.com. By using my promo code first class that's one word first class maybe you want to see a concert or a broadway show save 20 bucks on the tickets on seatgeek.com use the promo code first class it's a slam dunk deal dads seatgeek.com promo code first class fatherhood is the best seat in the house um uh all right well kelly what type of disciplinarian are you as a father how do you kind of handle discipline as a dad you know what? It's kind of funny um, that you bring it up. Being a former world champion boxer, um, my my kids uh, with me, they they kind of like not laugh at me, but they they take me serious. They know when I get mad, but I'm kind of the one to uh, get by. You know, back in the day, it used to be wait till your dad gets home. You know, you're gonna be in trouble, and then everybody you know perked up. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, actually, it's the opposite way, you know, when the mama gets home, they're the ones, you know, what she says the first time, they listen. Uh, <laughs> so my kids, you know, I'm like the big teddy bear. Um, but I, I do discipline, you know, and it's hard for a father because I know my kids, when I discipline them, you, you eventually got to take something away from them or, you know, ground them or something like that. And it sucks. But, uh. You know, I'm, we're not too strict. Um, I, I feel, again, just in my opinion, sometimes when you're too strict, the kids build resentment or they feel like they're not able to do enough. So I'm pretty lenient as far as the kids being outgoing and having fun with their friends or doing things like that. Um, but, you know, school grades, that's a big one. House, the chores around the house is a big one. They, the kids have to do that. Um, respecting others and other um, adults is a, a really big one too. You know, thank you, uh, yes sir, yes ma'am. And just having that respect factor for other people—that's a big one. And I think this day and age, a lot of that's lost. And I think some of the kids are really entitled to, you know, they feel like they're entitled to everything and that they don't have to do that. But I, we strongly. Um, put that on our kids to to be that way, be respectful. So you know, just all the things that, that the way it should be. You know, that's what we do with the kids. Um, and, and we've been fortunate. I mean, our, my kids have done very well in school. They're very polite. Um, 
We usually don't have to worry about them acting up when they're not home. And, you know, so I think that just comes down to staying on them about it. Yeah, very well said. And another thing that has changed a little bit as far as today goes is bullying in school. I know there's a lot of attention more placed on watching out for bullying. I know my kids in their school, they call it roasting now is really like the way they kind of sidestepped around it. Uh, how do you yeah. kind of go about telling your kids how to handle like a bully situation? My wife usually takes care of that one too because the boxer does come at me on that part. <laughs> so uh, she, she handles that. Um, you know, I tell them, Listen, again, you know, don't put your hands on anybody because you wouldn't want nobody putting their hands on you. And then, then I also tell them, too, that somebody puts their hands on them. That is fair game at that point. Um, bullies, you know, I tell them, stand up to the bullies because, as the old saying goes, and for a, year, a long time now, 100 years, the only way to beat a bully is to stand up to a bully, you know, and it's true. You stand up to a bully and... and even if you get beat up, but you put a good fight up, he's not going to bother you no more. Um, a bully is a bully, and I'm totally against it. I don't like it. Um, you know, that's the one big thing I'm really against is the bullying. And, again, in this day and age, it's dangerous to be a bully. But um, so I tell him, you know, be nice, be respectful to everybody. Treat everybody as you want to be treated. But if somebody, you know, tries to put harm on you or get in your face, I tell him, too, you know, if you feel like they're getting in your personal space without even throwing a punch, do what you got to do. Because the first punch could be the last punch or it could cause serious injury. So do what you got to do to protect yourself. Don't let people walk on you. And, and we do put that in. Again, my kids have not been in trouble in school. The parent, uh, teachers at the parent-teacher conference, the guidance counselor, you know, they, they love our kids and, and tell us, like they are. My daughter has ran into a little bit of bullying, and I told her, you know, avoid her. Well, I can't, Dad. I can't avoid her. She, you know, does this and follows me here, and I say, well, go talk to the teachers. She's done that, you know, and then we finally got it worked out, but eventually came to a point and said, if she starts getting in your personal space and, and you feel like it's a threat, I said, maybe you're just going to have to take care of it. And, um, you know, we we worked on that part of it, and it never came to that, thank God. And, you know, it all got resolved. And I think that's the way it is with, with bullying. You know, I do not want my kids being cocky. I don't want my kids being bullies or or uh, starting anything. I just want them to go about their business and have fun with their friends. And if they get bullied or if they see bullying going on, we always tell them, you know, stick up for the one getting bullied. Um, you know, don't get involved, like, to a fighting standpoint of it. Or if somebody's bullying you, though, make sure you defend yourself and stand up. So, I Yeah, I think, that, I, I think that's great advice. And one of the things that's so scary about it now is that it seems like the, the most of the bullying is done in a cowardly manner, like on social media. And we see a lot of kids that are this cyber bullying, and it really it does, does a, a real number on their mental uh, uh, capabilities. Like It is. Cyberbullying is, is, is the, social media is the worst thing I think for kids, and I don't understand why kids need it. I mean, really, your kids. You know, social media. The original purpose of social media was for people to talk. You know, and adults dating or, or military people who want to stay in contact with people throughout that they went to high school, things like that. I mean, I believe social media is for adults. 
there's an adult topic to everything else. When you get these young kids whose brains haven't fully um, formed yet and developed, and they get on there and the bullying gets worse, and then it's spread through not only their high school or their classroom, now it's to the three high schools in that area, you know, or in that yeah. county. And now it's spread it to, you know, all over the place. And, and once it's on social media, it's not like it was in a classroom, like this kid says you got a big nose and your ears are big. Now it's out, out there, the kids are screenshotting it, and, they're, and it's spread all over the place. And once it's on the Internet, it's there forever, you know. And, that, and I think that's where it's just a, a really dangerous. And for parents not to have access or know what's going on, I call BS on that because if you are going to allow your kids to have social media, and I'm not knocking any parent for that, millions of parents have let, let their kids on social media, so and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that some of these parents that are not on their kids' social media watching what they're doing for their kids' own safety also and monitoring that, that social media, that, that that's um, a difference there. You know, and there's ways of, of monitoring it. And... I think that plays a big role in cyberbullying. It really does. I think it can be prevented. I think it can be stopped. And it just falls on not so much the kids, but the parents. And yeah, I, I think that. I, that's, that's the truth, and I'm sorry. I mean, you fall in that category if you don't check social media and know what your kids are doing. Because we could all say, my kid's an angel. And I still, my I, I know my kids are great, but... When certain things happen, the first thing I do is ask my kids or go to somebody else that was there and ask them before I take my kids' word, too, though, because you know how it is with kids. Um, and I think parents need to do that. Like, oh, my kid would never never do that, and you don't have to check their social media. Well, maybe you should, you know, because obviously there's a lot of cyberbullying out there with kids, and it's happening somewhere. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Kelly. And it de it's definitely uh, something. I mean, my oldest just turned thirteen, so we're just into the uh, beginning of the teenage years here. And it, and it's just uh, a kid, even if it's not your own kid, just getting into the school and having a kid that has a phone that's unmonitored or unchecked. I mean, they could just get on, get in, and see anything. They have access to so much that they shouldn't have access to. And it's really you, you can't stop it. You can only try to uh, you know teach them a little bit as, as they go here. Absolutely, and you know. It's tough. I mean, again, it's social media, and it's 2019. That's the way it kind of is. But, and again, it falls on, on the parents at that point. Um, if your kid's doing that, and they know, and there's a lot more suicides because of that, and and kids are just, just a lot worse on kids, like I said, because now it can be talked about all night long, and it could be people now you can have hundreds of people involved laughing and, and pointing fingers and picking on you. And not only does this high school know about it now, but this other high school because this kid spreads with these people from this school, you know. So yeah. now the entire county and city and town knows, you know, around that age group that this is happening and this kid's getting picked on and they all hop on. And that's where it's dangerous. And, you know, that, that can be prevented. It really can. It can be stopped. And you know, people need to stand up to that. Yeah, definitely. And, and what could you tell me about your podcast here? What was the genesis of The Punchline? The Punchline with uh, Kelly Powick and James Dominguez is a boxing show 
and we talk, you know, we cover fights and, and we talk from as far as prospects um, to the world champion fight, championship fight. And it's a really neat format how that we got set up. Uh, we do it where, like, when you watch it, it looks kind of tacky because our heads are in our phone. So we're one of the few shows where our show is based off of the fans and the listeners' questions and comments. So we pretty much stay reading their questions and comments. Like, we'll start off the topic or about a big fight that may have happened, and then we just let the listeners, you know, throw their questions and answers out there or their opinions. And I think, you know, a lot of times, even when we were growing up or even now if you're listening to a show, you want you... If there's something you agree or disagree or that you want to put in, usually you got to call in if you get lucky enough to get through or you can't call in. As for our show, the the, people, the listeners like talking and interacting with us and asking questions and being able to have us answer their questions. And it's almost like just watching it on TV but being a part like you're there because we're answering questions. So it's pretty neat. Yeah, and that's definitely one of the benefits of the technology is the ability to interact now with the, the listeners. I, I find that, too, on my podcast, just the access that you have to uh, to get down to that level. Like you said, you're right. It was so restricted years ago where if you wanted to call in, you got that busy signal, and that was all you yeah. ever got. So um, uh, well, what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include a, a link in the description of this podcast episode so my listeners can tap it and get over to your podcast. What kind, what kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself for the future, Kelly? Uh, right now I'm busy, and... Speaking of parenting, you know, that's that's the biggest thing is trying to make the time, you know, get the most time with my uh, with my kids. And when it's not, they let me know, too, like, that. you've been gone. Um, you know, I, I have a gym right outside of, you know, it's about 15 minutes from my house. It's a fitness gym. I have that. I'm in the process of opening a boxing gym um, right, right by the house in the same town. Um, again, I'm doing a combine for young athletes up, up to seniors in high school. That I think is going to really benefit them also. Um, you know, I have this app that's coming out, fitness app. So I'm really kind of all over the place. And, and uh, you know, and then again, my kids, you know, I, my wife, she's only one person. So she has one kid at dance and she's getting dinner ready or making sure all the school stuff is done, I got to kind of come and relieve her and pick up my other you know, kid and take them to jujitsu or, or do something with them. So it's, it's pretty much on the go till about 9 o'clock at night. 9 o'clock, I, I'm able to sit back and kick my feet up and usually go over the social media, my uh, the punchline page for the podcast and answer questions because we keep content out all week long, and I just take care of some of that, and I try to get in bed by 11.30. And a lot of times I try to find time to, you know, to go play with, with my kids and the family. Yeah, very cool. All right, last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Kelly, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Man, they're like what my parents just say. Enjoy your time with them because it goes quick. It's actually scarier, and I know, you know, the saying is, wait wait till you get older, time's going to go faster. And, you know, I'm 37 now, and I just know how fast it's going now, and I, I definitely know it's going to get faster. And try to cherish the uh, the moments and, and the time that you got because it goes really fast. So, yeah, yeah I do. 
Yeah, well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. i got to say, Kelly Pavlik, you're a first-class father, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on uh, first-class fatherhood. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Kelly Pavlik for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so awesome. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. Locking in for tomorrow. We got a Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood coming at you. Former Navy SEAL and candidate for U.S. Senate in Virginia, Scott Taylor joins me here. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all of the upcoming guest announcements, including next week where I got another five banger coming your way. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.